Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm going to leave you to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com slash travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton Honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to AI Extra. This is your post-match for uh, Napoli 1, Liverpool 0. I'm your host Guy Drinkle and this podcast is going to be horrendously painful to do after watching that match. But um, joining me are these two gluttons for punishments in Stefan. How are you doing, Stefan? Uh, oh, pretty pretty good. I, I can't say I'm, I'm really mad because we deserved it so you have to take it on the chin right i suppose so but this podcast it, it let us vent at least and joining us is sam how are you doing sam yeah not not too bad mate do, do we have to vent can we just knock it on the edge we can just talk uh, about someone else if you want <laughs> yeah <laughs> how was your weekend <laughs> yeah yeah let's talk about the weather yeah Oh God, that probably won't be good anyway. It's looking to turn. Uh, but we'll get into the game then. And Sam, sticking with you, we we see the starting eleven. We've got we've got um, Naby coming back in. Uh, we've got that midfield that people have been crying out for, the, the one that started the season, and, and and no other changes in that. I mean, was there anyone else you were expecting to see in the starting eleven? To be honest, that's exactly the team I was hoping to see. <laughs> discussed this in um, post-Chelsea pod and I was saying I was really thought Naby's going to be key this this coming week and so when I saw the starting lineup, I thought yes I got my wish and much like uh, Michael Owen on the BT coverage I think I put the mockers on uh, Kate there because he picked up that injury so so early. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Stefan, coming to you, were you hoping to see anyone else in the team? I mean, probably Sturridge is the one with the main shout for a starting place. Well, I was actually hoping to uh, for Milner to get some some rest because mm. I think he's, he would be super important for the City game. And this wasn't a must win, I think. Um, and then, and, and yeah, maybe Sturridge I uh, was hoping to see to replace one of the front three. But, uh, yeah, Klopp made his choice. I, I wasn't happy with the lineup. I, I was just, I'm just thinking that it might hurt us on the weekend that, uh, everybody played. And obviously Nabi, who was supposed to be played, got injured. So maybe that would play a, a, a role in, on the weekend if, if he, if he's not available. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we might as well jump to that because it was quite, it was, I think it was 15 minutes in. Um, and, and I think Napoli only had one shot in that. So we, we see Nabi, we see Nabi Keita going down off the ball, holding his back by the looks of it. Stefan, you've obviously mentioned that, there, that you might have, you wanted to see Keita a bit more and, and stuff like that. H- how big an issue is this? Cause we do have limited numbers in the midfield. I mean, even our backup options are injury prone, like Ilalanas, etc. I mean, what, how big an issue is this Keita injury if it is, if it is a big one? Well, Oh, well, if it's a big one, it's obviously going to have a huge impact on the season. If it's just a knock, uh, maybe he misses the international break and, and then he's, uh, he's ready to, to go. But it then comes down to if Fabinho is actually ready to, to make an impact. And he should be right because we, we're already two months in, so he should be ready to start. Uh, but also, I think the game changed when Nabi went off because he made, in his limited time, he actually made some good, good dribbles where he just ran at their midfield and their defense and it kind of held them, held them in check and on, on their heels. And, and none of the, the other midfielders offered that when, when he went off. Yeah, absolutely. And Sam, same question to you then. I mean, how, how big an impact is, is this care injury, potentially, whatever it is? But how how big an issue is this? Fortunately, we do have an international break coming up, I suppose. But how big a deal could this become? Yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit worried about it because I feel like Kate uh, is the only guy we've got that can really carry the ball exceptionally well in midfield seeing as Oxley chamberlains injured as well so I, I really thought he would make the difference for us because our midfield's a bit one-paced without him there you know very good hard-working guys with their own set of skills but I, I really felt like we've lacked that explosivity in midfield so having Kate in there today I thought great and even though he, he started off he gave the ball away a couple of times and, and didn't look 100%. With him in there still, I thought Napoli looked really wide open and kind of there for the taking if we just managed to string more than one pass together. <laughs> uh, that's for I, everything. <laughs> yeah. Is that, like, I just thought, oh, here we go. We're going to get some chances today. Guaranteed. You know, the, for opening 10 minutes, I thought they looked wide open and, and there for the taking. But... We just really couldn't get any sort of momentum going. And, you know, it's it's easy to make excuses and everything. It, Champions League's a bloody tough competition. We know this. Napoli are a bloody good team. You know, second in the Serie A. And that pitch is 
got it's got to be one of the worst pitches I've seen mm. at this standard of football. You know, I I played for my local team Dravach in the Carmarthenshire, the Carmarthenshire leagues in the lower 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 leagues in Carmarthenshire for the reserve team on the weekend, and I played on a better pitch than that. So um, it's you know you, you you can't make excuses. It was the same for both teams, but the the players clearly struggled to actually get any sort of patterns of play going. They were miscontrolling it right, left and centre. Guys were falling over. We just couldn't get any rhythm going. And Napoli, obviously being used to it, adapted far, far better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's a good point that the pitch was horrendous and they're probably a bit more used to it. But um, Stefan, coming to you, obviously you mentioned earlier on that you wanted to see James Milner get a rest and... I think it's fair to say he looked a bit leggy in, in both the Chelsea games. Um, it, is that just another concern? Because now we have a less less of an option in, in, in his position because him and Fabinho probably aren't going to be um, rotated out, uh, rotated together. So, uh, are we playing with are we playing with fire, so to, so to speak, with with Milner? Because we have seen in the past that he he does need to be protected minutes wise because he does seem to tire quite early on in seasons. Well, the the good thing is he'll get arrested in the international break. So mm. this is, I guess, with the certain with this situation, it's the first international break I'm actually looking forward to <laughs> in quite a while. Because uh, yeah, he, he's due arrest. Uh, we saw Shakiri play in midfield. Uh, was it against Southampton? Uh, Southampton, yeah. So maybe that that would be an option because Shakiri can offer more of what Nabi Nabi offers with with uh, dribbling and kind of just running at, at your defense in, in midfield. So so maybe that's uh, that's a rotational option. Uh, but yeah, he, he needs a rest, and uh, I don't think he, he can last the, the, the full game against City. And he would need probably an early sub, which Klopp doesn't like to do. So uh, I'm, I, I like to be optimistic, but this Nabi injury can really be bad for us. Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone shares that worry with you. But Sam, um, I'll, I'll kind of fast forward a bit. And I think it's towards the end of the game and obviously he's part of this conversation is Fabinho. Obviously, he's been going through this Klopp um, preparation of, of the style and the tactics and stuff like that. Do you think he needs to be fast-tracked now and do you think he needs to be part of the rotation? Because we have seen at times that Henderson can go back to play in the eight. I mean, we've seen it in parts of two games. Do you think Fabinho needs to be fast-tracked now? Possibly. Um, funnily enough, I thought Henderson, when he first came on for Keita, actually started really brightly. Uh, he, he intercepted the ball a couple of times in quick succession. He played some really nice cross-field diagonal balls. Um, and I thought, oh, look at him. He's looking really up for this. But to be fair, that, that did fade quite drastically as the game went on. And just Napoli's control really took took hold. So we we know Fabinho's got the potential to be the kind of guy that can dominate the midfield and and make sure that, that Liverpool are in the ascendancy in a game by keeping hold of that ball. So yes, we 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 potentially will need to get him into the team more and more often, but it might be a bit earlier than Klopp would have liked. Uh, the the way Klopp's 
doing it as he always does is if he doesn't think the player's quite ready and quite up to speed with the system, he'll ease them in. He might just be forced to play him more than he wanted to at this moment in time because we are looking really light in midfield all of a sudden. Uh, you know, that, that failed bid for Fakir in, in the summer. At the time, we thought, you know, we've got plenty of cover, but we know it's a long, long season and injuries do happen. And having guys like that who can play in a number of different positions really does help. So, you know, we, we, we've got the squad that we've got now. We'll have to see how it goes. We might be back in for him in January. You never know. But, you know, Fabinho, I thought he, he showed some glimpses today of what he can do. He, he intercepted a couple of times. Played a couple of nice balls, but he gave it away a couple of times as well. So, but to be fair, the whole team did today. <laughs> um, so it is it, disappointing, but I think there's nothing better than after a defeat to get you motivated than, than playing the best team in the league. Mm. So if, if we're not going to be up for it for the next game, I don't know when we ever will be. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll move. I'll move on from the midfield, and we might re- return to it throughout the game, uh, throughout the uh, podcast to look at p- performances more specifically. But um, Sam, I'll stick with you. Obviously, in the first half, it's proper dire game, and uh, I think we see Insigne have a few chances. But I'm going to ask you about Kaladu Koulibaly, who's probably known as one of the best centre backs in the world. And there's times when he's popping up on left wing. What was going through your head then? I was thinking, what a player. <laughs> he's, he's a bit mad. Um, some of the things he does, I don't know what it was. It might just be because he's a really big guy and he's, he likes to play an aggressive game and, and p- likes to play some really ambitious balls. But um, I was getting a bit of a Sacco vibe on occasion. Um, but with a lot more finesse about it you know the guy mm. was he's so powerful and you know I, th- I think you might have said in one of the whatsapp groups that it, it's not an ideal person to be playing against when you're trying to get Salah's form back up because the guy was immense you know the, the, he's absolutely pissed the man of the match award today I think um, but I, I did think some of the things he was doing unnecessarily as you said down the left wing Again, the crosses in. I don't know, but I, you know, I love the guy. I think he's brilliant, and I, you know, I happily have the guy at Liverpool. But at the moment, I'm really happy with our centre backs as well. So, good God, imagine Van Dyke. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, it, yeah, Gomez and Van Dyke are brilliant, and long may continue. But there's always room for for more players. So if they ever get a chance to get him, I'd be more than happy to bring him to the club. But you know, it, I think we've had a fair share of mad bastards in the team over the years. <laughs> um, it's always room for another one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but Stefan, coming to you, I mean, similar question and a bit more on his defensive ability because I think um, on a couple of the preview pods, Napoli's left-hand side was seen as a weak point with, with their second-choice left-back and, and Koulibaly doesn't seem to or wasn't supposed to uh, like coming wide. Uh, but what, what what did you think of Koulibaly's performance? Because he just seemed like an absolute destroyer of worlds today. Yeah, I mean, he got a yellow card for that uh, tackle on Van Dijk. And he just looks a unit next to Van Dijk, which is something great. Um, mm, absolutely. But, 
but he was brilliant and he didn't give Mo any space to, to do his, his magic. And not that Mo got, uh, many good balls and, and uh, opportunities to do it, but you, you need to give credit where it's due and, and the guy just did a fantastic job. And I don't know why he bombarded forward, but I mean, <laughs> You have to probably take the good and the bad with, with such talented players. Probably on a different night with, with, um, our team more composed, we, we could have exploited that, but not today. Well, let's talk about that lack of composure then. I mean, obviously we've talked about the early change in midfield and, and we've kind of touched on uh, the fullbacks a smidge as well. But where did that lack of composure and that lack of um, final ball come from? Do you think it, it stems from the midfield or do you think it's the front three out of form? I know everyone played poorly tonight, I'm not going to blame anyone, but what what was that lack of composure? Do you think it starts from anywhere? No, no I don't. I think we tend to have these games from time to time where just the touch of the players is off and the pass is a little bit uh, behind the player. Uh, that's supposed to receive it. Uh, it was just, I think, that kind of night where nothing, nothing really clicked. And I, I maybe it's, it's uh, even mental fatigue because I know somebody mentioned it uh, that the player just looked tired because we've had a very tough run of games. Mm. We've faced Chelsea away, Spurs away, PSG. We're facing Man City. And we, I mean, we've had a very, very tough schedule after a World Cup. So I, I can understand the players being tired, even if it's early in the season. Uh, but they need to, to bounce back quickly off of this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, Sam, I'll, I'll come to you on this. And this, this might sound weird because I've put this in a couple of WhatsApp groups and people calling me dodgy and stuff like that. But there seem to be... We seem to have seen the best and worst of Allison tonight, and I know I think overall he was good. Like I'm not I'm not denying that, but there was some issues in there where he seemed to dwell on the ball a smidge. He he pushed a couple shots out back into the uh, the centre of the box, which you're not meant to do. Is did he just sum up our night? Sum up our night minus the good bits. <laughs> To be fair, guy, you are a bit dodgy, mate, but uh, that's for different reasons. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I I love him. I think mm. Alisson's brilliant, and he's he's not perfect, and I think maybe that's some of the things that you're alluding to, but a lot of it is, is yeah. more to do with us than to do with him. And by that, what I mean is we are so used to being anxious Mm. about a goalkeeper about to make a mistake because the evidence over the last 10 years has inevitably suggested that they are going to make the mistake because they they have been doing exactly that this this guy is so full of confidence that you know he's going to make mistakes due to the way that we're playing you know we're trying to play out from the back he's being essentially an extra ball player from deep so we are going to give the ball away we are going to have mistakes there's going to be some times when it looks really really bad but the net gain from playing in that way will far outweigh the negatives of when we have the occasional slip up 
uh, you know, personally, he's had another couple of one-on-ones today, which he saved. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's bloody vital. And it's weird having confidence in a keeper on one v ones, isn't it? It really, it really is. And you've got to embrace it, guy. Come on now. Oh, no, 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 I, <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love the bloke. I, I mean, it's just a couple couple of dodgy moments there that I think yeah. I'd probably get highlighted a bit more if his if he wasn't the new right. guy. If you get what I mean. What one one thing that. You might not have noticed. Um, they didn't even mention it on BT Sport. That that chance with Mertens where he hit the bar. Allison mm. Allison got a fingertip to that. I don't know how the hell they showed a slow motion replay and he's touched it with his hand. So I did not notice that. The guy has saved it from that. How the hell he got a hand to it? Because I thought no no chance there. You can't do anything. And he's got a fingertip to it and it's come off the underside of the bar. So. I think that's going in if he hasn't touched it. That's an unbelievable save, and hopefully they'll they'll highlight that later. I've only seen the replay once, but I'm convinced I saw his finger touch the ball. Yeah, yeah I saw but, it also. He touched yeah. it 100. percent Yeah. So so what a save! You know, they they weren't saying anything of that on uh, on BT Sport. They were just saying what a miss or what a chance, mm. you know, and and all this. And yeah, if you see the the actual replay, Merton it catches its kind of calf slash mm. shin uh, because he's only a very short guy so he's he struggling to get his leg up that high but uh, you know he's he's coming up with some unbelievable saves already right and even though this defence with us has, has been excellent so far this season we've, we've had a bad experience last season where our defence was really good but we were conceding off the first shot on target almost mm. every game, you know. And he, at the moment, is is keeping us in games. We're, we're having a bad little spell here. We knew Chelsea back-to-back, Napoli, then City. was going to be a horrendously tough run of games, especially when our guys weren't quite looking like they're firing on all cylinders. So when we get these kinds of runs of form, it's the keeper that you end up relying on. And fair play to the guy, he very nearly stole us another point uh, this evening. Yeah, to be fair, I, I didn't know he saved that Merton chance. I thought it was just a miss. So that's an extra 10 bonus points for him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Stefan, coming to you, obviously Sam's just touched on that kind of roles reversed from, from previous years in, in, in terms of the defence keeping us in games and the, and the goalkeeper. I mean... What what were your thoughts on Allison and the two centre backs specifically? Because of what they were the uh, two better outfielders, shall I say? Yeah, I think Gomez was was brilliant. Van Dijk had some like little dodgy moments where he miskicked the ball, and obviously the goal he kind of was dragged out of uh, position. Mm-hmm. But Allison, even there was this little moments where uh, Allison forms a triangle with. Like one of the center backs and, and Henderson or whoever is in the number six, and they just play a triangle with the keeper. I don't think that was possible before. I think they did like a couple of times today, and his I think his decision making is very good. And when he decides to do something, he just puts his mind to it, and there's just no hesitation, which is a huge change from both Mignolet and Carrius. Mm. If he comes out for a cross, he's getting to that cross. If he's uh, coming out on a one-on-one, he's coming out at full speed and charging at you. There's no hesitation if he needs to to make a step forward or a step left. He, he just knows what he wants to do and just does it with the full conviction that this is the right thing to do in this situation. 
and that's I think hugely important because it it kind of breeds confidence, and I I think confidence from the keeper can go up to uh, to the defense. And then there's I think last season it was on Sky. I saw Peter Schmeichel say that in his mind he never conceded a goal because of his mistake. If he failed to catch the ball, it was the defense fault because they allowed the shot in the first place. So that's the kind of thinking a, a, a great keeper needs, and I think Alisson shows that and has showed it at least for the first two months. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're completely right there. There's a certain level of confidence we haven't seen in a goalkeeper um, in in the best, well, probably over a decade now. Um, but Sam, coming to you, I mentioned the two centre backs there. I mean, what were your thoughts on Gomez and Van Dijk? Because we have seen the start of a very promising uh, partnership. Was this one of their tougher nights? Really, really tough night. And to be fair to the guys, I thought they really stood up to a really, really tough, tough, tough away game on an awful pitch. So I think credit's got to be given yet again. I think Gomez is just blossoming in front of our eyes. That guy is getting better and better by the week. You know, they weren't flawless performances, but no one had a flawless performance tonight. Uh, But those two guys, in conjunction with Alisson, very, very nearly stole a quite undeserved point for Liverpool tonight just by sheer determination and, and grinding it out. But... It, it, I touched on this after the Chelsea game. It's such a big boost to have two rapid centre-backs that, that can really bail you out when mistakes get made. Um, there's a couple of times where they knock the ball over the top and you saw the team of old were getting caught out like that and Gomez was getting caught out like that when he was in the right-back position quite mm. often as well where he was he was kind of misjudging the, the, the flight of the ball and a lot of that, I think, was down to him he doesn't look that comfortable in the right back position, and since he's moved to centre back, he seems to feel very much at home. And we we are starting to see a, a real relationship develop between the two guys. So I, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season, continuing to see these guys grow together. And I just think they're going to keep getting better and better as the weeks go on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, unfortunately, that's probably the last positive of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Stefan, I'll I'll come to you with this. I mean, I think we mentioned this before we started recording, that is is Robertson now probably had two bad games in a row? I mean, I think he got better in the second half against Chelsea, but I think it's fair to say he had two bad games in a row. I mean, it... Is it a worry that this could become bad form? Because obviously he's probably going to be up against Raheem Sterling. Always has stinkers against Liverpool. Touch wood, but this is a, a three tough games in a row. I mean, is this the first time you've ever worried about Robertson? Uh, I'm not worried. I, I was actually thinking, because Klopp wrote it a lot last season, so I, I was thinking that maybe Albi will get uh, a goal in the Champions League so he can mm. keep uh, Robertson fresh. Because you have to keep in mind that this is his first season where he has this kind of uh, workload. Because last <laughs> season he, he didn't start. And then when we got the Champions League run, uh, he didn't start in the league. So he only played uh, in the Champions League. That's a good point. To so so he's probably not, not used to the load. And maybe it's it's kind of uh, having an effect on him. But 
as time goes, he should get used to it and, and kind of steady his performances and to not uh, drop below a certain uh, threshold. And I think that may also be the case for Trent because he also rotated with Gomez last season and now he's playing week, week in, week out, two times a week. So maybe that also has a, has an effect on Trent. So, so what, what would you do? Would you, would you be looking to bring in, um, Albion Klein for, for say the Red Star game or do you think they're just too important now? And maybe oh, no, the fact I... that we have Huddersfield and Cardiff allows a bit more rotation? I think. Well, it, it all depends, right? Because uh, Klopp sees them in training, he knows best, but some rotation on the fullbacks is, is due at one point. Because it, it, at one, you need to, to, to think long-term for the season and you can kind of uh, burn them so yeah. Well, last season was quite weird because both, both sets of fullbacks can't, well, it was Gorman instead of Klein, but the fullbacks seem to have a season, half a season each, didn't they? So, as you said, they're not used to that, to that workload. So it'll be quite interesting to see how they do. But Sam, coming to you, I mean, same, similar question with Robertson and expand on Trent as well. I mean, is there form worrying? I think probably less so with Robertson, but Trent's had a bit of a, a slightly topsy-turvy start to the season. I think he's done all right defensively, but maybe not these last couple of matches. But um, is is the full-back position coming a bit more of a worry against high-quality opposition? It's, it's something we got to prepare ourselves for and, and get used to. Is because they're very young players, especially Trent. Um, it, it happens with any young player unless they're Lionel Messi or someone in, incredible like mm. that. But even even he was having off days, of course. Um, it's a something, long time ago. <laughs> yeah. No, he hasn't had them since. Another two another two goals today. Uh, but, yeah, Trent's first half performance and the start of the second half was nothing short of abysmal, I thought. Every time he got the ball, he seemed to give it away. And he was... Just I'll caveat that, right? I, I will say Napoli's pressing game was exceptional today, I thought. I, I don't think Gags will ever want to do the pressing numbers on an away, on, a, on an opposition <laughs> team. But I just thought Napoli would not let us breathe at all. And what it resulted in was Alisson just hoofing it sometimes. Um, Van Dyke being forced into long kind of hopeful passes into an area rather than actual passes and and Trent basically shit in his pants and, and just playing some ill-advised passes and, and getting caught out. So it was a really tough game. I don't want to single out Trent. I think the guy's a brilliant talent and he's, he's going to be nothing but great for this club. But he, he had a really tough time of it today and, and really gave the ball a lot, uh, gave the ball away a lot. Um, so that, that was a worry and it does concern me because Napoli didn't really take advantage of that. They had a few opportunities when we did give the ball away and we, and we didn't get punished. So fingers crossed now we're back at Anfield, thankfully. And, you know, that's something we really needed after this performance, I think, is to get back to Anfield. The crowd's going to be absolutely buzzing. Everyone's going to be up for it. We're playing Man City and we had a little chat before the pod started and Stefan said this, um, if we beat Man City, this game will be totally forgotten. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's perfectly put, as, as, as Stefan said before we started recording. Um, but I think it's time we have to talk about the front three, because uh, I think it's been mentioned on every podcast on in, in, in Liverpool fandom, never mind just AI. But um, Sam, I'll stick with you. I mean, the front three is... I know Salah had nice little spurts, and I think Under Pressure said that Mane was a freak off the ball. But on the ball, it's just not happening for any of the three of them, is it? It's not, but I think it hasn't helped that we've had this game after some of the other games we've just had as well. So we haven't had a chance to kind of build up any sort of momentum or have any of these good front three performances because we've been in really tough games where the midfield has effectively lost the battle. So the front three are getting ball when the opposition team have got about five players back completely comfortable and it, it's so, so easy to defend against. So I think they've been let down by the performance of the rest of the team as well. And then that has led to them being under a lot of pressure when they do receive the ball and then they're making mistakes because of it. And then when that happens... They, they start to try to force things and, and over-elaborate. Uh, you know, I thought Mane today was one of our brighter players. Uh, he, he really put a big shift in, but the problem with it was he was doing too much, probably. He was trying to carry it past three, four players, and we're not making the right decisions at the moment, and I think a lot of that is to do with us not winning that midfield battle, uh, you know, back-to-back against Chelsea, and now away to Napoli. So, you know, we, we desperately need to kind of find a way to claw back some confidence. And I think the best way to do that is to, is to try and win that midfield battle. Uh, the only issue is I thought the key to that would be Naby Keita. Mm. And he's gone off with what looks like a nasty one. I don't know. Um, the innocuous ones sometimes can be the worst injuries, can't they? So yeah. how, how much just... of a worry is that for City then? Because I think it's much, it's, to be fair, much fame, the best midfield in the league. I know it's, we, we've had joy against them before. I think Chan last season, when he was ill, had one of the best midfielder performances in recent times. Yeah. Um, Ginny as, as the six in the Champions League was magnificent. And then the away leg in the Champions League, all, all three of them were excellent. I mean, that was obviously different times and different players and, and whatnot. But how much of a worry it is coming into the, into the Man City game with, with an, with a struggling midfield or maybe an overplayed midfield, shall we say? It's a concern, but we've got the mental advantage over City at the moment. It's only slight, you know, they, don't get me wrong, they're, they're full of confidence, but we've had a bit of joy against them last season now. They're not going to be wanting to come to Anfield. So, um, with, a, you know, a, an aggressive crowd, um, the team are going to be bang up for it, no doubt about it. You know, I'm expecting a big improvement in performance uh, for this match. And you know, let's not forget, though, midfield has performed well at the start of the season. It's only now since the first Chelsea game that we've kind of dropped off significantly. Mm. So uh, I'm hoping they can find a way to kind of regain their form. You know, Wijnaldum and Milner have shown really, really good signs this season so far that they have really upped their game and their performance levels since last season. So I'm going into it with confidence. Fingers crossed De Bruyne is still out. I know he's back training because I think he might be 
a really big key element in whether we can get the foothold in midfield or not. Mm. So uh, that's going to be a big key area. But you know, we've got nothing to fear. It's, it's still really early on in the season, right? And absolute worst case scenario, right? If Man City play to their peak potential, we will lose this game. I, I believe, you know, if they if they do their absolute best performance they can, they will beat us. And even if that happens, as you touched on earlier, we've got a bit of a an easier run coming up after that, right? So we got Huddersfield, we got Red Star Belgrade back to back in the Champions League to give us a chance to really maybe pull away and and get get that qualification all but secured. Cardiff City, and you know we have got Arsenal away coming up as well, but. You know, exactly. there's better easy games. <laughs> yeah, so Arsenal away, easy. <laughs> no, but there's, there's, there's better things to come. So I, that's all I'm saying is the Man City game, if we win, it's going to be absolutely huge and everything that's come before will definitely be forgotten. But if we lose to Man City, that's no disgrace. It doesn't mean it's all over. You know, it, it's one game out of the whole season. And going into it, not expecting to lose, don't get me wrong, but even if we do, let's not all panic now and, and let Twitter explode. It, it's it's one game, we're having a bit of a lull, but it's early on. You know, the, the, the numbers now, people saying about Salah's not scoring and everything, all of the statistics, have listened to the Under Pressure podcast this week, mm-hmm. it's absolutely fantastic, right? And um, I think it's Dan Kennett and the Gags are on it. And they they really do put to bed any sort of worries about Salah's goal scoring this season. It, it's going to come, OK? Today was a bad example. We he didn't touch the ball barely. We didn't have a shot on target. That that That's a bit of an outlier. The, the stats, did, you see, that, did you see the XG for the game? Today, I saw it in one of the groups, and it, it wasn't good. <laughs> it's 1.4 for Napoli and 0.1 for us. Oof. 0.1? <laughs> yeah. I was expecting minus. Is that basically <laughs> like a corner? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That's horrendous. But, so, Stefan, then, I'll, 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 I'll come to you. Does... Does the front does the front three worry you, and do you think it does stem from from the midfield, similarly to Sam? Uh, yes, and, and, and also, if the midfield does better, obviously the, the front three will, will have uh, an easier time, but also, last season, Mo kind of created stuff from nothing. He would just get the ball with three people around him, do some magic, and then boom, top corner. Go, mm. and it, it, it's not happening for him now. And to be honest, uh, Napoli were very good at, at defending him, but we still had some like half chances where a slightly better pass would have led to to a break. There was one corner that Napoli took where if Robo makes the pa- makes a, a good pass, it's, it was like two v one or or three v one. And stuff. So it's small moments that are are not going in our favor right now. But the same thing happened last year. We had like a a month spell, I think. Was it October? September. Yeah. So September that nothing was going for us, and then we won to game seven nil. So I'm not worried because the quality is there. That the the players have the skill. It's it's all about clicking 
uh, at the right time. And hopefully the right time would be <laughs> this weekend. And, Don't have hope so. <laughs> and City's defense is, is um, prone to, to caving when it's pressed very, very well. I, I think Napoli's defense, if you look at it, is better organized and is better than City's defense. So if Mo gets a chance to, to go at uh, Kyle Walker, I think he would just obliterate him or uh, Otamendi or City's defense is not very good if you manage to, to put pressure on it without being very exposed. So there is a chance that maybe the breakthrough will come this weekend, which would be awesome. It really, it really would. It really would. Um, Sam, I think we've gone longer than most people would expect with this podcast because we kind of talked about other stuff. But we're going to have to talk about the one moment in the game that was actually impactful, and it is their goal. I mean, I, I want to kind of call it a punch to the stomach, but we really didn't deserve anything from that game. So it didn't. I, 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 I obviously gutted. But I don't. Feel, I feel like it would have been a, like a point undeserved, if you get what I mean. Totally, totally get what you mean, mate. Um, rather than a punch to the stomach, though, it was more like a kick to the balls. But mm. uh, it was, as you said, it was a deserved kick to the balls. <laughs> um, it was one where Napoli were by far the better side on the day. Uh, we went into half time, and I expected. A massive improvement in the second half uh, after Klopp had got hold of them and shouted at them, but it, we got nothing of the sort. Napoli actually strengthened their stranglehold on the game in the second half. So uh, that, the goal itself, a couple of players maybe nodded off a bit in, in the in the left back zone, um, but it was a really really well executed goal to be fair to them uh, they got in behind us a couple of times in those kind of wide areas and the the ball in was absolutely pinpoint into the back post completely took Allison out of the game and gave the guy an open goal and it was one of those ones where cuz it was so early into the Champions League season it hasn't actually made that it's, it's not the be-all and end-all, you know, we've got plenty of chance to come back from this. So I, I was kind of feeling a bit like, well done, Napoli, you've deserved it, and we'll just move on now. So I, I just want to be positive and just looking at things now going forward. We've had a really good start to the season. The The pathway to success is never a straight line. And I think we were always going to have a couple of blips along the way. This is just one of those blips, and I don't think it means that that we're going to start falling off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Stefan, your, your view on their goal? Well, it, it was avoidable, so it, it's bad when you concede an unavoidable goal, but at the end of the day, Napoli deserved it, and the game was far more important to them than to us. It's, Really, it was a must win for them after they uh, kind of uh, slipped in, in Belgrade. And it, it makes the group interesting, but I think if you look at the bigger picture, we would have taken a draw happily, no matter what the performance was, because a draw basically means we beat Belgrade two times and we're through. And the law doesn't really change that. Uh, we beat Belgrade two times and we're in a very good position to to uh, manage to go out of the group. 
the yeah. the, bad, the bad thing is obviously Nabi's injury, and that's far more worrying than than the result of of the of the game. Yeah, absolutely, and it'll be interesting to see what um, Nabi's injuries confirmed as. I mean, you've just put a couple of these have just put in the. Uh, in the chat that it, someone's mentioned it's a heart problem but we won't speculate on that because it's not been confirmed but if it is good god if not hopefully the back issue isn't too bad if it was a back issue or whatever it is but uh, we'll wait we'll wait for the nabby news to to, uh, to speculate on it but um i think that's pretty much all we need to cover in this podcast so I'll do the token man of the match from a Liverpool point of view. Even if you want to mention a Napoli player, please feel free to. But Sam, who, who do you think was our bright light in a poor night? That's a that's a tough ask, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I touched on earlier, I thought Sadio Mane ran his socks off and 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 showed the brightest moments with the ball at his feet. Um, Gomez and Van Dijk did work really hard and I'm putting another decent performance at the back but I think I'd probably have to give it to Alisson just for keeping us in the game those two really key saves that he made yet again uh, and that one where he clipped it onto the bar was absolutely incredible so um, even though his efforts were in vain I'm going to have to give it to the big man Yep, fair enough and Stefan um, who, who was your Liverpool man of the match? I think it was uh, Joe Gomez because I think he, he didn't put a foot wrong the whole game. I think he had one clearance of the line if it was him uh, of a corner. Mm-hmm. So he, he was better than Van Dijk and I know we've played like 10 games and in like four of them Gomez has actually been better than Van Dijk which says a lot. So um, yeah, I think it, it, it was Gomez. The The Midfield and attack didn't do enough for any of them to actually uh, even get into a conversation, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think you can look beyond the the, the back free triangle. <laughs> to be honest, that's the only three I'd mention. Uh, I think Sadio did work a bit harder, but again, he wasn't involved enough to to be in with a shout. But it's a very token man of the match award this one because it was a dire game. But uh, I think we'll finish up there, and I'll come to plug. Sam, is there anything you want to uh, let the people know about? No, I've just been doing a few pods recently, mate, so if, if you're going to listen to any of those, they're all out there. Um, and just wanted to mention again the the AI Pro, because I was listening to that Under Pressure podcast, mm-hmm. I think I think is my favourite one on, on the Pro. And it's if you're worried about Liverpool right now, don't be. Subscribe, have a listen to the Under Pressure podcast, the newest one, and it'll really kind of ease your fears because there's so much evidence to say that goals are coming and, fingers crossed, it's going to come against the champions in the weekend. God, I hope so. And Stefan, anything you've been working on recently? Well, I've had a couple of articles out in the last two weeks, so feel free to check them out. Uh, one about Allison that, well, today's game basically confirms what my article, <laughs> what my article <laughs> kind of observes. <laughs> and uh, one about set pieces uh, that have been basically helping us to go through the gold drought that isn't really a drought of the, the front three. 
And yeah, and also AI Pro, I'm really interested to see what King Kenny has to say about this game. Because he probably knows more than any of us how to bounce back and how this actually affects the team. So yeah, go listen to that when it's out. Yeah, absolutely. Both good shouts from AI for the AI Pro side, and just for me, I won't I won't plug AI Pro because I think we've done that enough. But I'll I'll plug one up. We recently did the the Spider Man review. So if you if you're into your video games, and I imagine quite a lot of people picked up the Spider Man game, if you want to listen to our thoughts on that, do do check us out. It's it'll be retweeted on my on my Twitter quite a lot. So do do check that out. But um, yeah, this has been the uh, review show for the first loss of the season. Hopefully not too many more of these from me. But um, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Podcast Network.